بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم we continue the subject on the important lessons for the muslim ummah and we are in the we are discussing the pillars of islam and we finished a great part of the zakah and we will continue uh, some elements of the discussion on zakah uh, inshallah ta'ala tonight and this will be impediments in the way of giving zakah to those who are uh, eligible are eligible or entitled there are certain impediments which would prevent giving zakah to some people who are entitled to zakah and as we know and this is a very important foundation in the principles of Uh, fiqh that matters are not complete except with the existence of their causes and their conditions and the absence of impediments take for example relations amongst relatives is a cause for inheritance however if there is an impediment like having a religion other than islam or due to the opposing in religion then the inheritance would be blocked this also applies the description for which someone may be entitled for zakah there could be impediments against giving zakah to this person from this is that zakah cannot be given to a Hashemite cannot be given to a Hashemite those are the heirs of Hashem because they are from the family of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Al Muhammad the family of Muhammad are the most noble in lineage 
uh, because of their nobility, they are not to be given from zakah. This is honoring them. Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to his uncle Al-Abbas when he asked him about the zakah, asked him for zakah, he said, إِنَّهَا لَا تَحِلُّ لِآلِ مُحَمَّدِ It is not permissible to be given to Ali Muhammad. إِنَّمَا هِيَ أَوْسَاخُ النَّاسِ For it is the filth of people. So the Prophet ﷺ here clarified the ruling and the cause. First, the ruling is not permissible. And the second, it is the filthy of people. What does this mean? You know, they are the most noble of people. And therefore, it is not permissible to give them the zakah. Because the zakah is purification. And the purifying, purifying, may become filthy by that which it purifies and cleans. So if you have in your hand a dirty pot and you wash it with water, then the water will carry this filth. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّمَا هِيَ أَوْسَاخُ النَّاسِ فَلَا تَحِلِّ It is verily the filth of people, and that's why it's not permissible. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah At-Tawbah, chapter 9, verse 103, And take sadaqah alms from their wealth in order to purify them. And Hashim, Hashim with respect to the Prophet ﷺ in lineage, he is the, the great-grandfather, meaning the third father of the Messenger ﷺ. Some of the scholars are with the opinion that the Hashimite may be given if he is a Mujahid, striving in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or in debt or from those hope to incline their hearts from zakah however what's apparent from the text is the prohibition because it's general the scholars on the other hand differ whether it is permissible to give zakah a Hashimi, a Hashimite, giving a zakah to a Hashimite. Some said it is permissible, because both are at the same level of nobility. However, if we examine the generality of the narrations, we find that there is no difference whether he is a Hashimite to a Hashimite or otherwise. 
because the Prophet said, Awsakun nas, the filth of people. And the Hashemites are from people. So therefore, it is not permissible to be given to them. However, assume there is nothing to prevent the hunger of a Hashemite, the threat to his life is due to hunger, except by way of zakah. Then in this case, the zakah of the Hashemite to a Hashemite, who needs it under such a situation, takes precedence over a non-Hashemite to them. Some of the people of knowledge, on the other hand, said, it is permissible to give them from the zakah, if the zakah is not from the khums, the one-fifth, if there is, they said it is permissible to give them from the zakah, if there is no khums, no one-fifth, or if it exists and they are prevented from it. And the khums, the fifth, are the booties divided into five shares, four for the warriors who won, and one for to be divided, and one to be divided over five shares in addition. The first would be to Allah and His Messenger, and it will be for the welfare of the Muslims. The second is for the relatives, relatives of the Messenger وسلم, and they are Banu Hashim, the descendants of Hashim, and Banu Abdul Muttalib, the descendants of Abdul Muttalib. That is because the descendants of Abdul Muttalib share with Bani Hashim the fifth. And the third share of the additional fifth is for the orphans. And the fourth are for the poor. And the fifth for the wayfarer. So if they are presented, or there is no khumus as in our times, for example, then they may be given from the zakah if there is a necessity due to poverty and they don't have work. And this is the choice of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah and it is the correct opinion. As to the general sadaqa, voluntary sadaqa, it can be given to the Bani Hashim because the sadaqa of tatawa, the optional one, is perfection. It's not from the filth of people. So they are to be given from the general optional one. So from this now we come to conclude that Bani Hashim, descendants of Hashim, are divided into two categories. The first category, it is not permissible to give them from either the zakah the obligatory zakah, nor from the voluntary sadaqah. And this really 
This really refers to one person. One person. And this is Muhammad bin Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He doesn't take the sadaqa, the voluntary, or the wajib. The second category, the rest of Bani Hashim. The second category, the rest of Bani Hashim. They take from the voluntary sadaqah, but don't take from the wajib zakah. What about the descendants of Al-Muttalib? Some of the scholars are with the opinion that the ruling is the same as with respect to Bani Hashim, meaning they are to be prevented, not to be given. And the ruling regarding the deserving, they deserving the one-fifth is the same as well. However, the correct opinion is that it is permissible to give the zakah to Bani Al-Muttalib, to the descendants of Al-Muttalib, because they are not from Al-Muhammad. They are not from the family of Muhammad Sallallahu And because of the general texts, إِنَّمَا الصَّدَقَاتُ لِلْفُقَرَاءِ Verily, the sadaqat, the alms are for the fuqara, the poor. So, in this case, the descendants of Al-Muttalib fall or, or are included in this. Now, if someone says, are these people present nowadays? Are they present nowadays? Meaning, Banu Hashim and Banu Al-Muttalib, the descendants of Hashim and the descendants of Al-Muttalib. The answer is yes, they are present. And it is mentioned that the most affirmed ones in lineage of Hashim were the kings of Yemen until recently before the so-called revolution of Yemen toppled them. And they were in control or in authority in Yemen for the past almost 1,000 years. And their lineage is very well known that they are from the descendants of Hashim. And there are also many people who are from the descendants of Hashim. So anyone who claims that he is from the descendants of Hashim, then we tell him, then Zakah, then Zakah is not permissible to be given to you. Because you are from the family of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So this is the first one. This is an impediment, right? So what is the first impediment now? I'm asking you. What is the first impediment now? What is the conclusion now? The zakah cannot be given to the family of Muhammad. Excellent, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Yes, that's right. The second, the second, طيب. and also the zakah is not to be given to a poor woman under the care of a spouse.
spending rich. A poor woman under the care of a spending rich. So she is now <coughs> under the care of a rich man. And that he spends the nafaka. So in this case, zakah is not to be given to her. Because in reality she is not poor. Because in reality she is not poor. Because her husband is the one who is spending on her. And she is sufficient by him spending on her. If she was under a poor husband, and her husband is poor, then in this case, yes, she is entitled to receive zakah. And also her husband is entitled to receive zakah. Because the description is applicable. Remember this. The description is applicable. Also, if she was, if, if on the other hand, if she was under a rich, however he is from the most miser ones, then she can be given from zakah. Because in this case, she is poor. Because in this case, she is poor. Now if someone says, why don't you tell her, go and ask for your rights through and take him to court? We say, we don't tell her that. Because there will be consequences. One major consequence could be, that he may divorce her. And fulfilling her need to ward off this harm is something which the Sharia condones and agrees to. So this is the second impediment. What is the second one now? What is the second one now? What's the second situation? Not just like that the poor woman does not receive. No. A poor woman. But there is. Yeah. In this case, yes. Of course. Yes. She is under a rich man who spends and sustained by a rich husband. Naam. Jai. Under rich man and sustain. Yes. The third one. And this is according to one opinion. Not to be given to a descendant nor to a root. Not to be given to a descendant nor to a root. The root of the person and Descendant, meaning the descendant and the ascendant. And the ascendants are the fathers, the mothers, even if they go up in the ladder. And the descendants are the offspring, daughters, 
sons, granddaughters, grand-granddaughters, grand-grandsons. Whether they are ayers or otherwise. And this opinion argues that both the descendants or an ascendant it's a must to spend upon them under all situations if they are poor and he is rich. And whether they are ayers or non-ayers. This is the opinion concerning this impediment. However, here it is to be said that entitlement to zakah is Conditional upon the description of faqr, poverty and need. So, anyone upon whom this description applies, then he is from Ahlul Zakah, the people of Zakah, deserving. And anyone who claims otherwise, then the Dalil is required from him. There is no Dalil. That's why we say our Sheikh's opinion, Rahimahullah, is with the opinion that the preponderating one and the correct preponderating opinion is that it is permissible to give zakah to an ascendant and to a descendant with the condition that it is not meant to ward off an obligation upon him with the condition that it is not meant to ward off an obligation upon him this is a very important condition so if there is obligation upon him to spend upon them then it is not permissible to give them the zakah him giving them the zakah because in this way he would be dropping the responsibility of spending from himself or of himself. You understand? Clear so far? As an example, if someone has a grandfather, if someone has, okay, let's, see the preponderating opinion is it is permissible to give zakah to a descendant or to an ascendant with the condition that he doesn't do this to ward off an obligation upon him to spend upon them you understand take an example um, if he has a father and a grandfather and both of them are poor However, the condition of his father, it is as such that he is, his, the son, his, his wealth is, his wealth is sufficient to spend upon the father. So, in this case, he must spend upon him. And in this case, it is not permissible from, for, to give him from the zakah. If he has zakah money, 
it is not permissible from, for him to give him from zakah. You understand? What about the grandfather? What about the grandfather? If his wealth is not sufficient to spend upon him while he is poor, the grandfather, then it is permissible now for the son to give him from his zakah money, if he has zakah money, if the son has zakah money. Take another example. He is rich, the son, and spends on his father, and his father is sufficient, satisfied, either by himself or by the spending of his son on him. However, the father may be in debt, may be in debt. And that the son is able to pay off his debt. So he says to his father, I will take care of your debt from my zakah, if he has zakah money. This is permissible. Because it is not binding upon the son to fulfill the debt of his father, except, except, if this incurred debt is due to the fact that the father needed, and then he borrows to fulfill his need, in this case, we tell the son, you don't pay the debt of your father from your zakah. Why? Because this may lead to a kind of a trick. A son may restrict on his father so that his father goes and borrows And then he comes and say, oh well, my father now has a debt, and now I want to pay the debt from my, from, from the zakah. You see, so that he relieves himself from the responsibility of spending upon him. You see the catch here? Do you understand this element here, why we say this to him? So therefore, the conclusion, it is permissible to close the debt of someone's father, or mother, or his son, or his daughter, with the condition that this money, this debt, was not incurred to cover need which is obligated upon the son. In this case, it is not permissible to close it 
by the son's zakah money. What about the husband? One opinion, which is in harmony, which is the first opinion, the first opinion, we mentioned concerning the ascendants and descendants, the same opinion says also, it is not permissible for the woman, for a woman, to give her zakah to her husband. They said because of the strong bondage between them, and that this resembles the bondage of the root with the descendant, ascendant with the root, with the descendant. But this is a weak, weak analogy, and weak reasoning. And the correct opinion that it is permissible to give the husband to to give the husband zakah if he is from the people of zakah, meaning the people deserving the zakah. Example, an employed woman, she has money and her husband is poor and needy. Either he is in debt or he spends upon his children from other than her or the like. Then he or she is entitled to give him zakah from her wealth, from her zakah money. Now, If he has children from here and he is poor, then in this case it is binding upon her to spend on them because they are her, her children. She cannot give them from zakah now. So the husband is poor. So he carries the description which makes him deserving the zakah. So where is the dalil therefore to prevent it? Because when the cause exists, the ruling applies. And unless there is a dalil evidence to indicate otherwise. And there is no dalil, neither from the Quran nor from the Sunnah, that the woman cannot give her zakah to her husband under the situations discussed. There is nothing to prevent unless she would give him in order to ward off an obligation upon her. And this is the condition we mentioned earlier, which applies to ascendants, descendants, and in this case the woman with her husband. What about the other way around? Is it permissible for the husband to give his wife from his zakah? From his zakah money. According to the first opinion, you can guess now right away and say no. Yeah, I see, according to the first opinion. However, the preponderating opinion that it is, yes, permissible. With the condition. Remember. With the condition. That he does not drop by that an obligation upon him. 
For example, if he gives her from his zakah money, so that she can spend to buy a dress or food, now I ask you, is this permissible or is it impermissible? Now you think carefully under this situation. No. Why? Why? Now if you answer correctly, then it's clear that you understood so far. So far good, alhamdulillah. Why it's not permissible? Because this is here a wajib upon him to spend. <coughs> this is from the spending he is required to give her. <coughs> now, if he gives her, on the other hand, from his zakah, so that she can pay back a loan she took. Huh? Is it permissible? Is it permissible? Yes. Yes, indeed. In general, yes. But suppose now, again, like with the case of the father, she took this loan because of what? A need related to the spending. In this case, we say, no, you cannot. You cannot make it hard upon her so that she go and she goes and borrows money in order to fulfill something which is part of her needs. Just like the case of the father earlier. Remember that one? Remember that one earlier? Now, another thing, another situation, new situation. If someone gives the zakah to someone he thinks, that he is not entitled. And then it becomes clear that he is entitled. Or the opposite. And what is the ruling? Take it as an example. Example. He gives <coughs> the zakah to someone whom he thinks that he is a wayfarer. Then afterwards, it becomes clear that he is not. Then here it is not sufficient. It is not sufficient. Another example. He gives it to a poor, to a relative rather. Thinking that he deserves it. Then it becomes clear that he doesn't. Why? Because he finds that it is an obligation to spend upon him. Then here it is not sufficient. He gives it to someone he thinks that he is in debt. And then later it becomes apparent that he wasn't. So he wasn't entitled. So it is not sufficient. Because the criteria is in the reality of the thing, not in the, in what he thinks and what he presumes. That's the criteria. Except under a situation. 
he gives it to a rich. He gives it to a rich thinking that he is a poor. How could this be? Give an example. I mean the zakah is not, uh, uh, doesn't, uh, he is not released from the responsibility. That's what it means. Okay. Uh, meaning it, it does not fulfill the obligation upon him. That's what it means, it's not sufficient. Still he is obligated. Does not relieve him. Now, example. A man came and asked you for, for money. And when you looked at him, he carries the uh, apparent uh, look of a poor man. So you gave him from the zakah. Then another man came to you and said, what did you give this person? You said, I gave him zakah. He, he tells you, this is richer than you. What? Richer than me? Yes. Then in this case, it is, it frees him from the responsibility. It is sufficient. Why? Because we only take by that which is apparent. And this happens. Like those who ask in schools or uh, some come to the masajid, we give them based on the apparent. And the dalil for this is in Sahih al-Bukhari and Muslim in volume 2, Hadith 502 in Bukhari. The story of the man, the Hadith of Abi Hurairah about the story of the man. He said that the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said that a man said that he would give something in charity. فَخَرَجَ بِصَدَقَتِهِ He went out with his object of charity and unknowingly gave it to a thief. Unknowingly gave it to a thief. فَوَضَعَهَا فِي يَدِ سَارِقِ فَأَصْبَحُوا يَتَحَدَّثُونَ فَصَدَّقَ عَلَى سَارِقِ Next morning the people said that he had given his object of charity to a thief. So what he said? What did he say? فَقَالَ اللَّهُمَّ لَكَ الْحَمْدِ On hearing that he said, Oh Allah, all the praises and thanks are for you. Meaning that what a calamity. He considered it like a calamity. Then he went out on another day. And he said, I will give alms again. And so he again went out with his alms and unknowingly he went out with his alms again and knowingly gave it to a rich, to a rich person. No, to give it to an adulteress. Next, next day the people said that he has, had given his arms to an adulteress last night. The men said, 
Oh Allah, all the praises are for you. I gave my alms to an adulteress. And what a calamity. But he said, I will give alms again. So he went out with his alms again. And knowingly, unknowingly rather, gave it to a rich person. Rich person. The people next morning said that he had given his alms to a wealthy person. So he said, Allahumma laka alhamd. على سارق وعلى زانية وعلى غني All praises are for you. I had given arms to a thief, to an adulteress, and to a wealthy man. فأتي فقيل له أما صدقتك على سارق Then someone came and said to him The arms which you gave to the thief might make him abstain from stealing. فلعله أن يستعف عن سرقته وأما الزانية فلعلها أن تستعف عن زناها and that given to the adulteress might make her abstain from illegal sexual intercourse وأما الغني فلعله يعتبر فينفق مما أعطاه الله and that given to the wealthy man might make him take a lesson from it and spend his wealth which Allah has given him in Allah's So therefore, the intention of this person was a good intention. And because of his good intention, his charity fell in its place and his charity became useful, accepted with Allah and beneficial for those people. So we take from this therefore that if someone gives a charity, a, 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 the, the zakah, to a rich, and then it becomes apparent that he is a poor, then it is acceptable. This is sufficient. Suffices him. And some people even went to the extent that this is, this is not limited to the issue of him being rich, and then, then, then it becomes apparent that he is poor, that it transcends. Because it's difficult to tell someone that your zakah is not acceptable, yet he exerted the effort. And this applies to the situations, meaning it's true in the situations whereby he gives it to someone after making an investigation and then he concludes that he is entitled to it. Then afterwards it becomes otherwise. So we say, suffices him in this case. Because he exerted effort, by all means. And the one who exerts the effort, if he commits a mistake, then he is rewarded. And if he is correct, then he is rewarded twice. So therefore we conclude from this, that if he gives it to someone, whom he thinks that he is entitled to, the zakah, after exerting the effort and investigation, and investigating, and then otherwise, it, and then later it becomes apparent that he is not deserving, 
then the zakah of this person suffices him. His responsibility is free. Case. If someone comes and asks you for zakah and you see him built up strong, you know, shall, shall, shall you give him or should you give him? We say first, admonish him first. And if you wish, you may say to him, if you want, I will give you. But look, there is no share of this by anyone who is strong, able to earn, or rich. This is like what the Prophet ﷺ did regarding the two men who came to him asking him from the sadaqah, asking him to take from the sadaqah. And he saw them to be, you know, built up and strong. He told them in shi'tuma a'taytukuma, if you wish I will give you. وَلَا حَظَّ فِيهَا لِغَنِيٍّ وَلَا لِقَوِيٍّ مُكْتَسِرٍ But there is no share therein for a rich one nor for someone who is able to who is strong and able to earn. But someone who say now our times are corrupt here if you admonish him he may not accept the admonition. So what's the point? The answer we say in the Prophet sallallahu way, we have an example. So we admonish him in the same manner as the Prophet admonished these two people, the two people mentioned in the hadith. If he insists, and we don't know other than what we see from him, then we give him. I mean, we don't know something other than that which he claims then we give him. And in case he insists upon asking, and we know that to the contrary, he's something else other than he claims, then we don't give him. Then we don't give him. Case. Shall we tell the person if we give him from the zakah, shall we tell him uh, or should we tell him that this is zakah? The answer requires details. If we know that he is from the people deserving the zakah, and that he accepts the zakah, we give him without saying anything. And in the other, on the other situation, if we don't know, and there is the likelihood that he is not from the people deserving the zakah, then we tell him, lest we fall in a problem. And similarly, in case he does not accept the zakah, because there are people who are satisfied with what Allah has given them, and they have dignity, they don't accept the zakah, even if they need. So with respect to the first situation, if we don't know and there is the likelihood that he is not from the people of Zakah, then we tell him. We tell him this is Zakah. But if he is poor and he does not accept the Zakah, then we don't give it to him. Why? Because if he does not accept the Zakah, 
then the zakah will not enter into his possession. Because from the condition of ownership is acceptance. And this person is not accepting. And we say to whoever wants to benefit this poor person, give him from the general voluntary sadaqah. And don't tell him, this is sadaqah. And inshallah you are rewarded. This ends the situations of these impediments and related matters to them. Then we move to sadaqat al-tatawwa. The sadaqah, the voluntary sadaqah, which is not obligatory. The person gives it voluntarily. And it is recommended. Especially with the need of people. So it is a permissible sunnah. And the evidence for its being praiseworthy is a textual and intellectual proof. As to the textual proof, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Ahzab 33-35 Allah praised those who give charity Allah ta'ala inna al-muslimina wal-muslimat wal-mu'minina wal-mu'minat wal-mutasaddiqina wal-mutasaddiqat verily the Muslim men and women the believers men and women the men and women who are obedient to Allah The men and women who are truthful in their speech and deeds, the men and women who are patient, the men and women who are humble before Allah, the men and women who give sadaqah, this is the point of evidence. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prepare for them? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from them. أعد الله لهم مغفرة وأجرا عظيما Allah has prepared for them forgiveness and a great reward and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also stated in surah al-Baqarah in 2.261 مثل الذين ينفقون أموالهم في سبيل الله كمثل حبة أنبتت the likeness of those who spend their wealth in the way of Allah is as the likeness of a grain of corn. It grows seven years. And each year has a seven, each year has a hundred grains. grains. وَقَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى in Surah Al-Baqarah 276 and Allah will destroy riba usually and will give increase for sadaqat, for charity. As to the sunnah, then it's replete. And it's inciting to give the sadaqah. In the hadith reported by Muslim, by Bukhari and Muslim, and it is in Sahih al-Bukhari, volume 2, hadith number 491. رمى به رضي الله تعالى عنه قال 
قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من تصدق بعدل تمرة من كسب طيب ولا يقبل الله إلا الطيب فإن الله يتقبلها يتقبلها بيمينه ثم يربيها أو يربيها لصاحبها كما يربي أحدكم فلوه حتى تكون مثل الجبل If one gives in charity what equals one date fruit for the honestly earned money and Allah accepts only the honestly earned money Allah takes it in his right hand and then enlarge it, enlarges its reward for that person who has given it as any one of you brings it up brings up his baby horse so much is so much that it becomes as big as a mountain so much so that it becomes as big as a mountain and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said kullu imri'in fi dhilli sadaqatihi yawm al-qiyamah each person will be under the shade of his charity sadaqa on the day of resurrection and he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said the sadaqa tutfi'u al-khati'a kama yutfi'u al-ma'u al-na'r the sadaqa extinguishes the sin as the water extinguishes the fire and he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said <coughs> that the sadaqa extinguishes the, the anger of Allah and it wards off and protects against bad way of death And in the intellectual proof, the sadaqa is fulfillment of the needs of the poor. And assuming the noble character of the noble ones, and it is from the causes for the openness of one's breast, and you try and you will see. The sadaqa is asserted time-wise, and in, at certain, in, uh, under certain circumstances and also at certain places. Like in Ramadan, for example, the month of Ramadan, and the times when it's needed, this is where it is asserted. And we know that the Prophet ﷺ was the most generous of people. And he was most generous in Ramadan. And the preponderating opinion that it is more meritorious in the ten days of the Hijjah, the first ten days of the Hijjah, where the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith reported in Al-Bukhari, no days in which the righteous deeds are more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than these ten days. They said, not even jihad in Allah's cause. He said, not even jihad in Allah's cause, except a man who had left, exerting himself and his wealth, and did not return. And this is general. As to the place in the Haram of Mecca, and the Haram of Medina, it is more meritorious than other places because of the nobility of the place. As to the circumstances, 
than the times of need are more miraculous. Whether this applies to the continuous times of need or to uh, times arising at certain suddenly. As to the continuous ones, like the winter times, the poor are obviously more in need in this time than the summer time. Because they need to consume more food during winter, more than what's normally consumed in the summer. And also they need more clothes in winter than the summer. And they need also to have a warm place than it is in the summer. And as to those arising suddenly or accidental, like if hunger strikes or drought, then people become more in need, whether this is in the winter or in the summer. So this will be the sadaqah and it will be more meritorious. Mecca and Medina, the sadaqah in Mecca and Medina is more meritorious absolutely than any other place. What about if there is conflict between the nobility of the place and the nobility of the circumstances? Which one we should give precedence? We give precedence to the, cir- the circumstances because the sadaqah is legalized in order to ward off the need. And we have discussed a basic foundation before that the merit which is related to the essence of the worship should take precedence or priority over the merit which is related to the timing or place of the worship. And it's a sunnah to give that which exceeds one's need and the need of those whom who fall under one's responsibility. And the evidence for this is the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam: The upper hand is better than the lower one, and begin with those whom you under your care and responsibility. So this falls, therefore, second charity after the your responsibility towards those whom you their caring is obligated upon you. And the Prophet ﷺ said, خير ما كان عن غنى. The best of sadaqah is that which is left after his expenses and needs. Now, if someone gives charity of 
ten euros, ten dollars, ten reals. And this is what is extra to his needs. And another one gives ten reals or dollars or euros and he has ten million. Which charity is more meritorious? The answer is the first one. Because this is what he is able. This is his extra. And the person will be held blameworthy and sinful. The one who gives charity. If he gives charity, which will diminish what he needs to suffice himself and suffice those under his responsibility. Because in this case, he will diminish that which is obligatory upon him, obligatory. So it's not fitting that you abandon an obligation and then you go for voluntary act. And one should know here. And one should know here. That the best of sadaqah is the sadaqah upon yourself and upon your family members. In the hadith of Abi Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu, which is in Sayyid Muslim, he said, the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, dinar you spend in the cause of Allah, and dinar you spend for a slave, to free a slave. وَدِنَارْ تَصَدَّقْتَ بِهِ عَلَى مِسْكِينَ And a dinar you spend upon, uh, to give a miskin, a needy one, for a needy one. And dinar أَنْفَقْتَهُ عَلَى أَهْلِكَ أَنْفَقْتَهُ عَلَى أَهْلِكَ and a dinar which you spend on your family, أعظمها أجرا, the highest in reward, الذي أنفقته أنفقته على أهلك, is the one which you spend upon your, on your family. And this is because when you fulfill the obligation to suffice your family, in this case you are fulfilling an obligation and a sadaqah as well. This is in line with the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu who said, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ إِذَا أَنْفَقَ عَلَىٰ أَهْلِهِ فَهِيَ صَدَقَةً The person when he spends on his family, then this is a sadaqah, this is charity. And this hadith is the hadith of Abu Mas'ud al-Badri, رضي الله تعالى عنه. And it is in Bukhari and Muslim. And even on himself, it is a sadaqah. Now if someone says, how can you hold someone blameworthy, diminishing it, beyond his sufficiency and the sufficiency of those whom he when it's binding upon him to care for while you know that the Prophet ﷺ approved for Abu Bakr when he gave all his wealth in Sadaq gave all his wealth in Sadaq and how also could you do this while Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised those Ansar 
for what they have done in helping the muhajireen in Medina. In Surah Al-Hashr, Allah described them, وَالَّذِينَ تَبَوَأُوا الدَّارَ وَالْإِيمَانَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ يُحِبُّونَ مَنْ هَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِمْ وَيُؤْثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خَصَاصَةً And those who before them had homes in Medina and had adopted the faith love those who immigrate to them and have no jealousy in their breasts for that which they have been given and give them the immigrants preference over themselves give them the immigrants preference over themselves even though they were in need of that even though they were in need of that and whosoever is saved from his own covetousness covetousness such are they who will be successful also, what would you say concerning the saying of the Prophet ﷺ to the Ansari, to the helper, who gave preference to his guest over himself and his family, as in Sahih al-Bukhari, volume 5, hadith 142. story and the hadith is by Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu anna rajulan ata al-nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fabaata ila nisaihi faqulna ma ma'nahu illa al-ma ma ma'na illa al-ma a man came to the Prophet and the Prophet sent a messenger to his wives to bring something for that man to eat But they said that they had nothing except water. Allahumma arda'anhum. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with them. But they said they had nothing except water. Allahu akbar. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ مَنْ يَضُمُّ أَوْ يُضِيفُ هَذَا He صلى الله عليه وسلم said who will take this person or entertain him as a guest. فَقَالَ رَجُلٌ مِنَ الْأَنصَارِ An Ansari man said أنا I فانطلق به إلى امرأته so he took him to his wife and said to her أكرمي ضيف رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم entertain generously the guest of Allah's messenger فقالت ما عندنا إلا قوت صبياني الله أكبر we have got nothing except the meals of my children فقال هيئي طعامك وأصبحي سراجك ونومي صبيانك إذا أرادوا عشاء He said prepare your meal light your lamp and let your children sleep if they ask for supper فهيئ طعامها وأصبحت سراجها ونومت صبيانها ثم قامت كأنها تصلح سراجها فأطفأته So she prepared her meal lighted her lamp and made her children sleep and then stood up pretending to mend her lamp but she put it off 
فجعلا يريانه أنهما يأكلان Both of them pretended to be eating فباتا طاويين But they really went But they really went to bed hungry فلما أصبح غدا إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم In the morning the Ansari went to Allah's messenger who said Prophet said ضحك الله الليلة أو عجب من فعالكما Tonight Allah laughed or wondered at your action Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the verse وَيُؤْثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خَصَاصَةً وَمَنْ يُقَشُحَ نَفْسِهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ The Ansar give the immigrants preference over themselves even though they were in need of that and whosoever is saved from his covetousness such are they who will be successful these narrations and these textual matters indicate that the person therefore is not held blameworthy if he spends beyond that which will diminish his needs and his children's needs, his family needs. The answer for this is if the person knows of himself that he is patient and relies upon Allah and that he has the means to earn then there is no harm upon him if he gives such that it may diminish what he's got from that which he needs to spend upon himself and upon those under his responsibility. But if he does not know, not certain of himself being patient and dependent and relying upon Allah, and substitute that which he will spend, then, yes, he will be held blameworthy. So if we assume that he, if he gives the charity from, and, and leaves from this door, he will go from the second door seeking people, asking them to help him, then this is impermissible. But if he knows of him himself that if he goes from this door to give the charity and it will diminish what he's got, but he goes from the other door to work and sells and buys and trades as Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu used to do, then there is no harm in that. As to the story of the guest and the family of the Ansar, it may be said that the family of the Ansari and the Ansari accepted that and were patient. And, on the other hand, entertaining the guest is not something voluntarily. 
It's not something optional, voluntary. Rather, it is a wajib. It's an obligation. So it falls under obligatory matters. Also, the praising of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the Ansar's help to the immigrants and giving them preference upon themselves, this really applies to the one who knows of himself the ability to be patient and rely upon Allah and bears that and he will find that which he spent. And this brings the end of this discussion. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept it from me and to make it a benefit for myself and for all of you. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad. وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم